This week on Morbidly Intoxicated, we discuss the case of Rebecca Zahau and Max Shackney. This episode contains the death of a child, along with discussions of suicide and sexual assault. Please listen with caution. Hey, you want to grab a drink? Welcome to Fox 10 News. <laughs> You're stupid. <laughs> My little dance I did there. Now people can see me being weird. I know. Isn't this awful? <clears throat> Hello. <laughs> Hi. Good morning. You guys know that TikTok? Hi. Good morning. It's like always the puppies running in. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. It is 10 in the morning, so we are not drinking, but no. we got our... Energy drink! And she got her coffee. Starbucks uh, frappuccino. Ooh. A little ASMR. I have one of those QT infusions. Some people listening probably don't even know what QT is. Nope. That's crazy. Quick trip. Quick it's trip. a gas station that is superior to all other gas stations. It's a very fancy gas station it is. Yes. I, you can't even... It's not just a gas station. Sorry. That's their slogan. Oh, is it really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not just a gas station. Not just a gas station. Says it on the napkins. Um, you can't even... Does it really? Yeah, I oh. don't have one. Oh. That's true. I used to work there, so I can verify that. Um, you can't even compare it to a 7-Eleven. No. It's like a really bougie 7-Eleven. Yeah. Like a really like high Like those end. truck stop ones that are nice. Yes, you but know? like the size of a 7-eleven sometimes sometimes the yeah. qt's are really big yeah those are the gen threes oh they're okay. fancy okay you said you had an update right i do have an update give it to me so it is actually on it's a very small update but it's very exciting it's on our pennsylvania doe mm. case so yes. evelyn colin they recently just posted on the 6th it's called mcall.com they posted uh, saying that last year is when they took Colin's DNA and it was placed into the public database of genetics information. Uh-huh. Um, and that led detectives to Evelyn's nephew, who got police in touch with Evelyn's brother, who confirmed that it was Evelyn and she was eight months pregnant during the time that she was missing. Okay. So family members pointed police towards Luis Sierra and they had said, you know, he was abusive, he was jealous towards Evelyn, and so he would keep her, like, locked up in this little apartment that they lived in. She was 15, and he was 19 at the time. No, sir. No, and that was the baby's father. That was statutory rape. So police went to go investigate Luis, and he started off saying, you know, I don't know her, I've never known her, I don't know who that is. But they had court records to prove otherwise, doesn't say what kind of court records i'm gonna guess it was like prenatal checks and stuff like that because they knew about the baby yeah so evelyn had told her mother that she was scared of louise and what he would have done to her and she said you know if anything happened to her look towards him is basically what she told her mother i hate when they say that Mm -hmm. so the family did recall getting a letter doesn't say who from probably from louise saying that the couple had moved to connecticut so they went to go check this out they weren't there the apartment was empty louise also said he did not send that letter so it's a little strange suspicious suspicious 
Yes. So that's just our, our little update. My cousin Morgan actually said that to me this morning. She was like, hey, I don't know if you guys are recording anytime soon, but... She's trying to get a PR job here. Right! <laughs> like Morgan! <laughs> we'll give you half our money. We'll give you five dollars. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so that's that's my little update. So in case you... I skipped through the intro, because I feel like people hear the, like, this week, and we're like, meh. <laughs> My um, which I would do because <laughs> I read the title already. Right. So in case you skipped through that, I want to put the trigger warning in there again that we are going to talk about the death of a child and mentions of suicide and sexual assault. So if that can be triggering to you, I suggest skipping this episode. Sorry, um, Lily, you have to be triggered. <laughs> you, you signed up for this. I was going to say, I have to leave. Okay, so I want to start by showing you everyone's pictures because I feel like I... Like, need to give you context. Okay. Because whenever you're reading cases, I'm like, I wonder what they look like. <laughs> okay, so this is Max Shackney. Hmm. This is Rebecca Zahau. And then this is Rebecca and her boyfriend, which is Max's father, mm-hmm. Jonas Shackney. And then that's his brother, Adam Shackney. I drew a blank for a second. And those are all the people that are important. All right. On the morning of July 11th, 2011, Rebecca Zahau, her sister Zena, and six-year-old Max Shacknai, who was the son of her boyfriend Jonah Shacknai, were at the Shacknai summer home known as Spreckles Mansion in Coronado, California. Spreckles Mansion? Spreckles. Spreckles? Oh, that's cute. I know, isn't that cute? Kind of like Sprinkles. I would name my mansion Sprinkles Mansion. Oh, okay. Just so everyone knows. <laughs> if I had a mansion. <laughs> I don't think anyone was wondering. <laughs> kidding. Well, you're not getting invited to Sprinkles Mansion. I'm kidding. okay so rebecca was in the first floor bathroom when she heard a loud crash and ran out to find max lying on the ground not breathing and unresponsive Uh, her sister xena heard the noise from a different bathroom where she was taking a shower and and ran out and called 911 azcentral.com reports that max fell over the second floor railing crashed into the chandelier and then hit the banister below before falling to the floor Holy shit. Yeah. He had injuries to his spinal cord and facial bones that affected his heart rate and breathing. Damn. CBS 8 quotes a press conference where Sheriff Gore states, quote, a razor type scooter was lying across his right shin. Max had been told in the past not to ride his scooter in the hallway, end quote. So it's like theorized that he was riding his scooter on, on the second floor landing oh, and he and tripped or hit something or whatever and fell, fell over. over. Yeah. Damn. The next day on July 12th, Rebecca picked up Jonah's brother, Adam Shackney, from the airport. He had flown in from Tennessee to visit Max. Mm-hmm. Um, the three of them, along with a friend, went to dinner. And then afterwards, Rebecca and Adam went back to the mansion while Jonah went to stay at the hospital with Max. Adam told Rebecca he would stay in the guest house and they said goodnight to each other. Around 6.45 a.m. on July 13th, Adam Shackney was walking to get coffee I'm gonna wait for you to take that drink. Oh, God. (laughs) Was walking to get coffee when he passed the courtyard and saw Rebecca's nude body hanging from the balcony. What? That's why I was waiting for you to drink the water. (laughs) I was like, you're gonna spit it out on me. Holy shit. Yeah. Adam says he called 911, then ran inside and grabbed a knife to cut Rebecca down, texting his brother to call him. I don't know if I would have cut her down, but... Well... So he says that he tried performing CPR because he wasn't sure when when it had happened. Right. Yeah. When police arrived, they found Rebecca's nude body lying in the grass. 
A red rope had been wrapped around her neck, the cut rope laying out behind her. The same type of rope was used to bind her hands and feet, with her hands tied behind her back. A blue long-sleeved t-shirt was wrapped around her head, the sleeves tied and used to gag her. You said suicide? Mm-hmm. How'd she tie her own hands and feet? Oh, honey, we're gonna get and gag herself. I told you you're gonna be mad. In the bedroom, they found the rest of the rope tied to the bed frame and extending over the balcony. They also found two knives, a large cutting knife and a smaller steak knife that were later determined to have come from the kitchen next to a random empty trash bag. Okay. There was a message painted on the bedroom door that said, quote, she saved him, can you save her? End quote. On the balcony, they found Rebecca's bare footprints in a thin layer of dust. AZCentral.com says that forensic testing showed only Rebecca's DNA and fingerprints were found on the rope, the knives, and the paint tube. That's not possible. Sorry. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Emmy reported that there was no sign of sexual assault. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So. Considering she was butt-ass naked. Right. Seems suspicious. Yeah. A lot of this is going to seem a little bit suspicious. Because if you were going to, I don't know, if, if I was going to make it look like somebody had killed themselves, I don't think i would go as far as to undress them. right and if you were going to commit suicide would you undress yourself no because that's really vulnerable right we'll get into that too mm. so sadly on march 17th max died of his injuries oh yeah it was eventually ruled an accident okay i mean make makes sense the yeah. scooter and everything yeah on september 2nd rebecca's death was ruled a suicide no <laughs> I'm just <laughs> hold on. I have some questions. Have, officers, I have I some, some questions. questions. Did uh, <laughs> I have so many questions? Was this just so obviously Rebecca was Asian? Mm-hmm. She was um Burmese. Sorry. She's what? She's Burmese. What is that? <laughs> Google what is Burmese. <laughs> From Burma, Burma, which is in Southeast okay. Asia. Okay. So okay. she is Asian, yes. She's Asian, yeah. But specifically Burmese. Just just answer me this, because I'm going to be mad the entire... Okay. Is this cop negligence because she was Asian? So the family kind of theorizes that. Yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the family that felt that that might have had something to do with it. She was yeah. a Burmese immigrant, so... Okay. She was, as far as I found, she was in the United States legal. That sounded like illegally. She was in the United States legally. Okay. She was a citizen. Yeah. But, so it could have something to do with it and just them not wanting to do their jobs, in my opinion. So naturally, this case drew a ton of media attention. Right. Because people online and especially Rebecca's family had doubts that it was a suicide. Yeah. Uh, I have doubts. <laughs> yeah, I have some questions. So the family launched justiceforrebecca.org oh. to raise money for their own investigation. Oh, wow. So like for a PI or something? Yeah. yeah. And so on their site, it has a like a statement and it says, it was obvious that the sheriff's department had worked too hard to paint this picture of suicide and they were not about to let this house ruin it. That was a quote from the family. In September of 2011, Jonah I wrote California Attorney General Kamala Harris oh. requesting, yeah, she was okay. the Attorney General at the time, requesting a review of the investigation, which was denied. Yeah. 
They said, uh, we won't be looking further into this case at this time. Why? Good question. <laughs> okay, so there's a ton of information to this case. Okay. So I'm going to try and break it down into sections. And yep. I'm going to start by going over the suspects and then break down all the evidence. Okay. Because it felt like that would make the most sense. Kind of. <laughs> she asked me this before. <laughs> I don't tell them that. <laughs> right. So I guess the most sense for Lily. So if it doesn't make sense to you, <laughs> it's Lily's fault. During an interview, Jonah told the police that Dina, which was his ex-wife, was almost giddy when she found out that Rebecca died. And that was Max's dad. It was Yeah, Max's dad and his mom. Dina was his mom. Rebecca was Jonah's girlfriend. Right. Right. On the same page? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so Rebecca, Rebecca wasn't Max's mom? No. Okay. Police began to suspect Dina, which is Max's mom mm-hmm. and his ex-wife, right. and her twin sister, Nina. Yes, I know. <laughs> Don't do that to your children. Sorry. <laughs> um, on the night of Rebecca's death, Nina, the sister, okay. had texted Rebecca asking to talk about what happened with Max, but she never got a response from her. So around 10.30 p.m., she drove to the house and uh, knocked on the door and no one answered. Okay. And she said that she looked inside, but the house was dark and, and she didn't see anyone. So she left. Sure. Um, there was a witness riding his bike and he says he saw Dina, not Nina. And they look, they're twins, but they have like significant difference. I think their hair color was different. Yeah. Okay. One of them was blonde and one of them has brown hair. Okay. And so he said he saw Dina at the house, not Nina. Okay. Nina had an alibi. <laughs> I fucking hate this. Nina's the sister. Right. Nina had an alibi, and Dina was caught on hospital cameras. Why don't you just say the sister? Right, okay. So the sister had an alibi, and the ex-wife was caught on camera at the hospital at the time of Rebecca's death. Okay. Um, so... But how good was the sister's alibi? I couldn't find what the alibi was. But she had an alibi that apparently checked out. I don't believe police officers, but <laughs> I, that's fine. I'm just saying. Uh, naturally, the next suspect was Adam Shackney, who found Rebecca's right. body and was there at the house. Yeah, all right, so, makes sense. So here's here's some um, some things about Adam. <laughs> and I'm just gonna give it to you, and I'm just gonna give them to you. Okay. Police found Adam trying to give Rebecca CPR, okay. even though rigor mortis had clearly said it. He says, so he said that he was giving her CPR when they got there. I guess he was performing compressions, but she was clearly gone. Just a weird note. Maybe he was in denial. Maybe. So there's an oxygen.com documentary about this case. It's called uh, Death at the Mansion, Rebecca Zahau. Mm-hmm. And so in that, that's where they said um, he was performing CPR. Right. Uh, they also analyzed the 911 phone call. And they gave it to a forensic audio engineer to try and clean up some of the background noise because they thought that they had heard something. Right. So when he cleaned up the background noise, he could hear Adam clearly saying, hold her still. And then they heard someone respond in the background. And I heard this for myself. And you could hear him clearly say it. And then there was like some, like some response in the background you couldn't understand. Can you pull that up? Yeah. So I couldn't get the audio because I had to... I used the free trial to watch the <laughs> to watch the documentary, and I couldn't get that clip. Oh um, but you can take my word for it. I heard it. I mean, <laughs> take that as you will. I don't know. 
Okay, so then they polygraphed Adam. They gave him a polygraph. Which and means he, nothing, but... Yeah. The polygraph, uh, they had a video of it, which they also showed in the, the documentary, and he acted so strange. Really? Um, he starts with him saying that he's... He Okay, they go into the room, and he starts off saying, just so you know, like, I'm obviously going to be upset during this. Okay. Um, yeah, he said, yeah, he's just like, I'm obviously going to be upset, like, she was, like, just, um, she just died this morning, which I think it was that, that morning, and then that night they gave him the polygraph. Then why um, would you agree to the polygraph? Right. And then he had no emotion while talking to the interviewer mm, um, that's weird he I don't said like um he was more he was more worried in it about how he looked to others so a quote is he said um they told me i shouldn't have cut her down but i was worried how it would look if i didn't try something end quote not i was worried and i wanted to try i and wanted save to her. see if i could revive her i was worried how it would look if i didn't cut her down Mm-hmm. And then, quote, the police said, well, your mistake was that you cut her down or whatever. I think that rather that than showing me that I'm some guilty motherfucker, it's going to show that I'm a pretty good fucking guy because I'm not comfortable with all that crap, you know, but I did it anyway because I thought, how would I answer if I didn't try something? End quote. What the fuck? He literally said, I I'm think it shows that I'm a pretty guy. good fucking guy because I'm not comfortable with all that crap. That crap being someone dying. No. Who ha- Who says that? Even if you're upset, you don't launch into something like that. Right. And you're not going to be worried in the moment. Mm-mm. I've personally, for those of you that don't know, like, I've personally been in that situation where you find someone. Yeah. And you're not like, how is this going to look to the police? No. Your <laughs> focus is on them. Not at that moment. Maybe later you're like, ooh, that probably is going to look weird because I have a true crime brain. So I'm like... Yeah, you know, I would think that later, I'd be like, yeah, that's going to look weird, but it didn't have any, like, malintent. But, but only guilty people and true crime people that's have true. that type of <laughs> think brain. That shit. So. Um, the polygraph was ruled inconclusive. That means nothing to However, me. However, in the documentary, they take the results to their own specialist that analyzes those results. Yeah. And he said that there was a major spike on the question, did you have anything to do with Rebecca's death? And when he said no, there was a major spike that said that he was lying. So they stopped looking into him. Mm-hmm. No. Another thing that I find weird is Adam texts Jonah to call him immediately after calling 911. Why wouldn't he just call? Why would... But he... Like, why would that be the first thing? He texts him. He said... Um, first of all, yeah, he texts him. And he says, uh, you need to call me. And then when he called him, he said, um, Rebecca's dead. Not get to the house. You need to come right, home. Or, yeah. Mm-mm. No. Weird to me that, yeah. like, he would call 911 and and immediately text his brother at the same time. It was at the same time or directly after hanging up with 911. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And why, yeah, why don't text someone? No. Like. Okay, so AZ Central reported the Zahao family filed a wrongful death lawsuit against Adam Shackney. Good. Uh, and they originally also filed it against Dina and Nina, but then that's when they found out the, all the alibi stuff in the photos. Yeah, so they dropped So it. they dropped the charges against them, or okay. the lawsuit against them, and their lawyer actually apologized to them. 
Wow. And they were they handled it so nicely too. They're like we un- like we completely understand you were doing your job. So yeah. I had to applaud them for that. Yeah. That's- yeah. He made like a public statement. He was like, I want to apologize to them. Like I didn't mean any harm by it. And they were like, No, like you're good. That's just doing your job. Yeah. That's yeah. So very I thought cool. that that was respectable. Of that them. they could settle it like adults and yeah. not be children about it. Yeah. Literally. Sorry, I accused you of murder. <laughs> like, whoops. <laughs> now you're good. Whoopsie poopsie. Yeah. Adam didn't fucking do that, though. <laughs> so, in April of 2018, a jury found him responsible in Rebecca's death. The jury agreed that, quote, oh, this is going to get you good, that, quote, Shaq and I touched the howl with intent to do her harm before her death, and the touching caused her death, end quote. That was the official ruling. I know. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Like, what does that even mean? What? Yeah. Civil court. Civil court? This was civil court. It's a lawsuit. It's a wrongful death suit, so it's civil court. Mm-hmm. We're going to get there. I'm going to just um, clear the, the whole The Zahau family was awarded $5 million for loss of companionship and 167000 for financial support lost because Rebecca would help them with bills. So I couldn't find exactly when this happened. Uh, but the police eventually agreed to take a new look into the case. This was after the lawsuit was yeah. done, you know, where civil court ruled that he had something to do with it. Mm. So the police, after berating, which is basically what, yeah, they agreed to take a new look into the case and they had the same findings. They then, this was not part of the documentary, they then used some of her last text, or they... They took some of her text messages out of context as proof of her mental state uh, that she was suicidal. And the texts were, um, she had gotten in a fight with Jonah and she was ranting to her sister about like, like, um, this just isn't worth it. I'm just taking advantage of and I hate this. It was like stuff like that. And it was from like months prior. So she was venting. To like... To, like, a year prior, yeah. And they were totally taken out of context. And then, like, the investigators on the documentary pulled up the rest of that conversation. And, yeah, and it was her venting to her sister. But they took, like, a couple lines out of these text messages that was like, I'm so done, I hate this life, I'm overliving like this. But the rest of it was just her, it was just her ranting about her boyfriend. Like, she was done with her situation, not with her whole with life. With her life, like, yeah. Yeah, oh my gosh, I was so livid when I saw that. So were the investigators who were like, those are so out of context. Good. Yeah. Those were the private investigators or? Um, they weren't hired by the family. I think they took the case on on their own. Oh, okay. Um, it was. Um, Good for them. Well, I'll get into who they were later. I put it in here. Oh. They're some awesome people. Seven weeks after civil court found Adam responsible for her death, mm-hmm. he appealed for a new trial. And, it, and tried to appeal for an overturned verdict. And the judge affirmed the original verdict, stating that there's enough evidence to show he had something to do with it. Okay. So with that, hopefully they can take that to criminal court. But unless the sheriff's department decides to press charges, there's nothing they can do. What year was that? Um, the trial ended in 2018. He was so he's found not, guilty. So he's not in jail. He's not. No. It was the people from the documentary that submitted all their findings to the sheriff's department. Okay. Trying to get them to reopen the case. And right. so the people working on the documentary are amazing. It's um, 
Lonnie Coombs, who's a former prosecutor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Holes, who is a detective who worked on the Golden State Killer case. Nice. He okay. was on the team that uh, that solved that case. Damn, okay. Yeah, he's... Uh, I was fangirling. <laughs> didn't he... Didn't that team, like, try and hunt him down for years? Uh-huh. Yeah, it was 24 years that he worked on that team. That's 24 insane. 24 years. <sighs> Golden State. <laughs> and then... We'll get there. Uh, Billy Jensen, who's an investigative reporter, and he works on taking tips from social media. He, like, does a bunch of reporting on social media and then cycles through all the tips to help police. It's really okay. cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so they submitted all their findings, which was, like, a giant, like, binder of right. stuff, obviously, to the sheriff's department in 2019, and they've gotten no response. In Nothing. Tw- yeah. In 2020, the Zahao family filed a lawsuit against the San Diego County Sheriff calling for all case records to be released. They have refused to release documents that don't fit the theory of suicide. You can't do that. No, you can't do that, which is why there's a lawsuit. Good. The Zahao's lawyer, Keith Greer, said, quote, And what San Diego Sheriff Bill Gore has done is now refuse to give requested documents which would contradict the conclusion reached by the department. That Zahao took her own life, end quote. There's no fucking way that she did that. No, and that's to show that they have evidence that disproves their theory. That they're refusing to give to the family of the victim, which is illegal. You have to release those documents. Since they closed the case, they have to release those documents. But they're refusing, so there's a lawsuit, because that's fucking illegal. (laughs) And you're hiding something. That's super illegal. Yeah. What the fuck? Just... For the record, only once they close the case. If it's still yeah. an ongoing investigation, then they don't. Yeah. yeah, they don't have to disclose everything just because, like you said it, uh, in our last episode, they could be building up more yeah, of the case. Yeah, it affects the case. Yeah. Okay, so now I'm going to go through all the evidence, and I'm going to give you both sides, and I'm going to let you form your opinion, even though I know we already have the same one. Before I, uh, before I form my own opinion, we're going to take a break. Are you trying to create a podcast, but don't have the money for all the equipment it takes? Maybe not so great with all the editing? Not sure how to distribute your podcast once you have everything recorded? Well, look no further because Anchor is here to help. Anchor is the easiest way to make podcasts. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your computer or phone. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And best of all, it's free. We looked at so many different distribution websites before finding Anchor and wish we had found it sooner. They even set you up with sponsors they think will fit the vibe of your podcast, which you can accept or decline at any time. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Happy Happy podcasting. podcasting! And we're back. Are you ready to be pissed? No. (laughs) So I'm going to break this down piece by piece. Okay. So we're going to start talking with... (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) I think I have heat stroke. (laughs) You heat syncope. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to start by talking about the restraints. So if you remember, Rebecca's hands were tied behind her back. Her feet were also tied. Mm-hmm. Here's a quote from Sheriff Roy on the hand bindings. Quote, There are documentations of incidents throughout the country where people have secured their feet and hands as well to commit suicide. End quote. 
And he mm-hmm. stated that this was to prevent themselves from changing their minds. Where? Show me the proof. Yeah. I want the proof. I'm sure it's happened. But how often? I have I have heard of that, that people will, will bind their hands to stop them from changing their minds. I don't know how that's efficient, but I'm not going to think too hard on it. No. So the police actually reenacted how she would be able to do this in a video that they played in court. Of course they did. Oh, in the video, the girl um, tied her hands in front and then slipped one hand out, put it behind her back, and then um, there was like a little string that she could tighten behind her back, and then you can't like untie it once you tighten it, like a zip tie. Okay. Um, And she, Rebecca was found holding a similar piece in her hand. But, <laughs> but then also her feet. Yeah. How's she supposed to climb up a ledge and jump off? Yeah. Because I would assume so, that the patio has a, like a railing. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to show you. So that's the b- little balcony that she jumped There's no fucking. Off of, supposedly. No. Um, here's another thing about it, which you're going to laugh at this. There was Asian bondage porn found on the computer. Which could go both ways in this scenario to me. So that's implied that she was, that she either was into bondage and knew how to tie the restraints or was watching videos on how to tie the restraints. I, mm, I don't yeah. know about that last one because I wouldn't, if I wanted to learn how to tie something, I don't know if I'd go watch right. porn. Right, because you could just Google like how to tie your hands Probably up. YouTube it, right? Like, um. So there's that. And then also for the the murder side of it. He could have been wa- watching mm. porn. You know, I wasn't there for that. The porn but doesn't. The porn doesn't matter. Never matters. <laughs> but that's what they were saying. Like, maybe she was. In, they, nobody knows whether she was into bondage. I. I think I saw in the documentary that there was like they did talk to Jonah about it, and he was like, "We're not really into that, aren't we all?" So, <laughs> so uh, that's what they were saying. Maybe she was looking it up and she ended up on bondage porn. I don't fucking know. Um, but, like, the Google search was, like, Asian bondage porn. So, right. Uh, right. I'm just going to move on. <laughs> However, so, in the documentary, they went and spoke to a bondage expert. Why is it always about the damn porn? <laughs> right. Well, I think in this one, it does play more of a role just because of the way she was tied up is, it resembles bondage porn. I feel like... I get where you're, where all these people are coming from, but I feel like half the cases we covered, it's like, oh, the porn, and the porn, the porn, and that porn. You're like, fuck off with okay. the porn. <laughs> Okie dokie. Nobody cares about the right. porn. <laughs> Sometimes it matters. Like, I, in a case I will eventually cover, it does matter. But, um, no. But like, I think people are giving time. too much credit to the porn industry. Yeah, like, fuck off just, with the porn. They're there to do their job of. Making you feel things. Well, like, and sometimes... They're not making you murder people. Well, then sometimes people have fantasies they watch the porn for, and then they go on to their, like, fucking normal-ass life. Right. You know? That's, like... They're using porn for the proper reasons. <laughs> not everyone's out here watching porn to murder people. Fuck off with the porn. Like, come oh, on. I'm done with but the But por- this one, I can see it because they were saying it was resemblant of yeah, her that, situation. No, but that I Anyways, can, they went to talk to a bondage expert. I can understand. To see, like, okay, could she actually tie her hands this way on her own? Because people tie themselves up for, yeah. for that stuff. Right. And so uh, they told them that it was possible that... 
she could have tied herself up like that and the girl showed him how to do it and like copied the police video and everything she said you could do it that way mm-hmm. and uh billy jensen actually tried to do it on himself after the expert showed him and he said that, that she could have done it that way but the bondage experts said that the knots aren't typical bondage knots and they actually looked more like boating knots so a boating knots. a quote from it said uh, she said, quote, looks like someone had boating skills, like they were docking a boat, but with human limbs, end quote. Here's a fun tidbit. Adam Shackney was a tugboat captain. Of course he was. <laughs> <laughs> and you... a lot of people have looked at those photos and said, those look like nautical knots to me. I don't know if that's biased because I, my boyfriend's really into knots and I showed him the knots and he's like, those just look like the basic knots you would use for hitching anything. Okay. So... The nautical knot, the whole thing. But the, the bondage expert, as far as I know, didn't know that information. And she said, like, and just openly said, it looks like you would be docking a boat. And she's kind of like the expert at knots. Right. So. She kind of, like, does that for a living. <laughs> Ties people up. So. so that was just a tidbit. Adam, so... I'm watching you, Adam. <laughs> I'm come for you. So Billy, like I said, Billy Jensen tried to do the knots on himself, and he was able to recreate it. Okay. But then when they looked back at the evidence photos later, they realized that the knot that she had wasn't in reach for her to tie it herself the way that he did. So when he tied it, the knot ended up like near his hands and Mm -hmm. that's how he was able to tighten them. But her knots weren't in a similar position. So after they looked back at it, it looked like she couldn't have done it herself. Right. If they were, if she was using the same technique. So that's that on that. (laughs) Okay. I mean, my thing, which, um... Lonnie and Jensen were talking about in the documentary is like, why would she do that to herself? If you're suicidal, like, you know that someone's going to find your body. Yeah. Why would you undress? And why would you tie yourself up in that manner? Right. And kind of like dehuman, not dehumanized. I'm not saying that about like bondage or anything, but just kind of like, like I said, put yourself in that position. Yeah. It's very vulnerable. Yeah. So another thing though, that they talked about, so they were talking about the like her being naked and everything and she was like no like women aren't gonna do that specifically like we are it's not the mind state that women have to be naked like in front of all these people you know knowing all these people are gonna see you and also they talked to um because remember she was burmese yeah um and so they talked to someone here like an asian culture expert about because suicide's a really like big thing in that culture like yeah there are like honor suicides yeah you know and so they went to talk to an expert about that, and he's like, but being naked is a very shameful thing. Being sexual yeah. in that culture is a very shameful thing. It is, yeah. And so knowing her family would find her like that, he was like, I find it very she hard to not. believe because, you know, you wouldn't want your family to see you that way. Right, exactly. Even uh, if they didn't see her, but she didn't know who was going to find her. Yeah. And they still know, and there's pictures, there's crime scene photos. Like, uh, yeah, I've seen them. So... Yeah, to do I, that. I could see where, you know, she, maybe she felt responsible for Max and she felt shameful or something. Right, that's where they were getting that from. But yeah. that, but if you remember too, she didn't know that Max was going to die. This was the day after and he was still alive in the hospital. So there was reports, I can't remember exactly what site, that she had talked to Jonah earlier that night. It w- suspected that he was telling her about Max's worsening condition because he said he was talking to her about Max's condition. Right. But Max didn't pass for another four days. Yeah. So, which is where the note comes in. There was a note? Yeah, painted on the door. 
and it said oh, she yes. saved him can you save her why would she paint that i was gonna say she wouldn't do it in the third in the person. third person i think that's weird yeah and her family said um the handwriting didn't match so she was actually a painter oh okay. and the paint tubes and all that was hers it was in the room that she was staying in um but they said it didn't match her handwriting yeah which i'll get into that more later but that's just a note so now i'm gonna move on to the hanging aspect oxygen reports that the drop was nine to ten feet which is what's considered a long drop hanging yeah which is rare in suicidal hangings right because so, you like, want I to be you the, short. the balcony photo where the rope was hanging off yeah the rope's extremely long so paul holes said quote just know that she did not take the full force of a nine foot fall a nine foot drop as hanging goes is considered a long drop devastating injury to the neck but she has minor damage to cartilage in the neck no injury to the vertebrae anywhere on her neck if this was a true long drop execution hanging i would expect a lot more trauma if not near decapitation broken neck internal decapitation or full decapitation damn well yeah because that's a long drop for dead weight to just exactly and she was probably like 120 pounds or something like that somewhere around there no no imagine 120 pounds just dropping straight on your Mm -hmm. neck the family requested a second autopsy and during that dr cyril wetch found that there were fractures to her hyoid bone for my friends who do not know hyoid fractures are extremely typical in strangulation Strangulation. cases oh i freaked when i read that i was like what do you mean there's yeah because so i'm gonna give you the statistics yeah well because your hyoid bone is is, uh it's a u-shaped bone in the back of your neck and it's extremely fragile i have a whole uh I did a bunch of research, like, so I'm going to go over this with you. hanging, but. it's more like right here. So, go into your research. Yeah, I was like, I have it all typed up. I don't... Come on. Go ahead. Okay. Only 27% of hangings have resulted in damage to the hyoid bone. Okay. About 50% of manual strangulations result in damage. Damn. If anyone knows the Jeffrey Epstein case, that's why there's a big debate, because his hyoid bone was broken. And they said that he tied it to the bed and leaned forward to strangle himself. No way it would break your hyoid. So damage to the hyoid bone during suicidal hanging isn't unheard of, but it's rarer, like I said. When applied to this case, the rest of her injuries are inconsistent with the long drop hanging. Okay. Like he said, you most of the time with long drop hangings, you see like either internal decapitation, so the spinal cord actually breaks. Yeah, separate. Or you actually see like decapitation. Yeah. A book titled The Investigation and Prosecution of Strangulation Strangulation Cases states that, quote, it takes approximately 35 to 46 pounds of pressure to fracture the hyoid bone. So the reason that the hyoid bone rarely breaks in hanging cases is because it's it's only free-floating bone of your body. So it's in the back of your neck, and it's a tiny U-shaped bone. Mm -hmm. And in order to break it, you have to create pressure on your throat yeah but with hangings you don't get pressure around your throat wrapping around your throat to crush it or break it yeah you get force pulling upwards and that's how you die is you break your spinal cord or your neck and that suffocates you yeah sorry (laughs) the the, um brutal truth about how you die from hanging i was very curious i was like how does that kill you but it but it doesn't create pressure moving inwards yeah very like very often so you don't see that but when you have your hands wrapped around someone's throat or a cord or anything like that, and if you put enough pressure into it, 
that's where you get damage to the hyoid bone. So it has to be like around. It's mm-hmm. not just in one spot because it's hanging. Doesn't it also like cut your air? Yeah. That's why it. So you, yeah, you lose like, yeah, you lose air in as well. Yeah. Um, But you don't see the pressure squeezing. Yeah. In order to break it very oh. often. Okay. Another thing on that is they found her footprint on the balcony. Mm-hmm. Which were con- were not consistent with someone hopping. Because remember, her feet were tied. Tied, yeah. So she'd have to hop to the balcony. And then somehow... And then throw herself over. So in the um, original ME report, they were saying she had some head trauma. Yeah. And so they said she dove head first. I'm sorry. I'm not laughing at the... It's a ridiculous theory. Yeah. She That she dove head first over the balcony and either... And then hit her head like... On the balcony swinging. That doesn't... That's how I felt about it, too. That doesn't sound um, plausible. And so, I'm going to show you the footprints. So, they found an unidentified shoe ridge over here, which I'll, po- I'll post all these pictures. So, right here is the balcony entrance. Then you see her right toe here. You And you can kind of... Where's a better one? So, right toe here which is zoomed in over here and there's an unidentified shoe ridge so they're saying that she hopped from right here Mm -hmm. and then over to here but there's no there's no left footprint so that means she was on one foot and then there was a that's a police officer's boot print but right next to it there's an unidentified shoe ridge that would be right behind her as if someone was lifting her body yeah well because it only says right toe right toe i'm wondering if her leg fell or something and it's like just... my so my theory is because she's already tied up okay so she's like my best comparison is like if you've ever moved like a big roll of carpet or like a big thing and you kind of wrap your arms around it yeah and you like pick it up Lift. shift it pick it up shift it yeah so he might have had like her at an imbalance and that's where and that shoe the... ridge comes from yeah he's standing behind her with his arms like wrapped around her and then he picks her up, and she's just kind of, like, landing on, like, her right toe. Yeah. I'm, you know, on, on the right foot only. Yeah. Because she's heavy. She's dead weight. Sorry. <laughs> so, and then he lifts her over the balcony. This also explains why the rope was so long. So, Keith Greer, who was the family's attorney, theorized that someone lowered her down instead of her, yeah. That make okay. So, they would know how long the rope is. Yeah. You know, they're low because they're lowering her over the balcony. This is fishy. Isn't it? Fishy. San Diego police? Isn't it? <laughs> Gone you out. <laughs> so that was a big thing for me too is how long the rope was and I have a problem with the way it was cut. So if you look at the photo, look at how high up that rope is cut. How did he get up there? The, the black one. No, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. The, the red, red one. one. That's... Maybe that's a tree. What, two to three feet. That's the top of a tree. And that's a that's a window for like a the first for floor. For the first floor. How did he get all the way up here to cut the rope? There was no and ladder. And here is no. Here is Rebecca's body. Look how much rope is behind her. Like he lowered her down and then cut the rope from the balcony. Oh, and then he would just like lift the rope up and cut it mm-hmm. and then put the rope back down. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I was like, oh, well, if he bends over, that's a long... That's yeah, a long no, he would have, like, held her to a certain point and then cut the rope and then, and then thrown the rest of the rope over the balcony or lifted it back up. Yep, yep. Mm. 
that like how how did no one ask that question he would have needed a ladder if he had walked out and found her and ran inside to get a knife he would have needed a ladder to get up that high and why would you cut the rope that high why wouldn't you cut it as close to her as possible because you're trying to get her down to save her life weren't there two knives in the room Oh, we're going to get there. Oh. <laughs> That's a good point, though, isn't it? Why was there a steak knife? Which there, I'm... Uh, there yeah, was no that, knife outside? That I don't know. Oh, yeah, because and I don't police think never... Anyone's even asked him how he cut her down. And if he did say, I went upstairs to cut her down, because I couldn't reach her, one, it's a long drop. He could have reached her, probably. Or, like, stood on something her down otherwise why would he cut the rope all the way down there why wouldn't he cut it like at the bed frame or at whatever is like stretched over the balcony you know what I mean? yeah like you would cut it right there and then run back down to her and you're right there was two knives upstairs why was adam they were saying that was used for her to cut the rope so that she could use it for her hands and feet doesn't it seem suspicious i would use scissors yeah i wouldn't have used a knife either maybe he didn't know where the scissors were no i'm saying rebecca if, oh. if we went with that theory. Right. Why would she be using a knife? She And she lives there. She knows where the scissors are. Yeah. Don't you have some questions? Yeah. Adam, I All right. Watch so. you know. This is going to be another Cindy Hendy. Am I going to be mad? Oh, I already told you you're going to be pissed. I'm, I'm going to be calling you him You already out. know what happens. He's still walking around trying to appeal his verdict. CBS 8 reports that Rebecca had blood on her inner thigh. There was From a, her hanging. Right. There was also a spot of Rebecca's blood in the shower and multiple drops next to a towel they found in the hallway between the bathroom and the bedroom. They reported um, in multiple places that she was taking a shower because apparently you take a shower right before you decide to kill yourself. Want to be clean and naked? I don't know. What? And they talked about that in the documentary. That was the same conversation of Looney and Billy. And he was like, okay, she's like, okay, you're in the shower and you decide you're going to hang yourself? And then he was like, well, would you really get dressed? And she's like, yes, because she had to go out into the garage to get the rope. Yeah, well... She's walking around naked? You Knowing that Adam's in the guest house? Oh, he was And this is only like 10 or 11 p.m. So people are still out and about, maybe looking out their windows. Yeah. And you have to walk down to the kitchen to get the knife. You have to walk out to the garage to get the rope. And you're naked this whole time? No. No way. Or you get dressed and then you take your clothes back off. Why would you do that? Yeah, that's weird. Here's what the the blood in the hallway looks like. It's just a couple drops right here. And then there was a couple drops in the shower. Yeah. The oxygen documentary shows that the steak knife in the bedroom also had blood on its handle. On all four sides of, of the handle. Wow. Okay. So it's later determined that the blood was menstrual blood. I know what you're thinking. They said on the documentary, which you can see it in the photos... In order for the blood to be all the way around the knife, it would have had to dip into or, I'm sorry, penetrate something. I don't think I need to say it. (laughs) There were no signs of sexual assault. And I'm sorry for this. I'm going to put a trigger warning for this sentence. But something that small wouldn't show signs of trauma. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't oh. even want to say it, but just for the facts of the case, because everyone is saying so many times, there's no there's no signs of sexual assault. No, but I was thinking the same thing. But like, it wouldn't show. With the handle of a, a knife? Yeah, of a small, of, of a regular steak knife. It, no. It's like the size of a table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, you know, so here's the, the knife. Oh, yeah, that thing's tiny. 
Yeah, and that's you can see the blood on the on the end of the handle. Oh, on the very end. But how would it get there otherwise? Yeah. No, I, I it, it makes sense. So, uh, what she's doing that herself too? Is this woman just gone crazy or something? Like what is how are we explaining this away? Plus, if she were to do that on herself, she would have had to hold like at least part of the blade. Yeah. And she didn't have any cuts or scrapes on her that could result in the blood. They tried to say that in the civil suit that she had a cut on her finger and that's where all this blood came from and she was holding the knife but there wasn't a cut on her finger first of all you can see that in the autopsies the also one... it it was completely around the knife and the cut that they were saying they said it was like a small cut how's she getting that much blood on the knife oh. and completely wrapped around just the end of it i'm gonna post a picture of this and it's gross <laughs> but i don't know if you can see that lily fucked her hand up <laughs> I was changing the transmission mount on my car, and it's a big scrape, like, right across my... Yeah, it is really bad. This didn't even bleed drops. Yeah. Like, what? And it's a couple drops. And and it was... It doesn't matter anyways, because it was determined to be menstrual blood. So get the fuck out of here with that. Like, come on. So she had um, a mark on her inner thigh of blood that, during the civil suit... I have that here. Um, Forensic specialist Lisa DeMio said that it could have been a transfer stain from the knife. And then um, in the documentary, they, like, had a whole recreation of her body, and they took, like, the same exact knife. They did an entire crime scene recreation. Like, they built a whole replica of this room. Yeah. And and of her body. And the the knife handle matches up perfectly. Oh, okay. It's like a long streak. I couldn't find a picture of it, though. Yeah, that's some shit you have to, like... A long streak. So it was, like, clearly a transfer stain. On her inner thigh. You know where we might be able to find it? Crime Door. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They have this case on there. I remember we mentioned Crime Door before, but the entire, like, off-topic rant that we did, I cut it out. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, do you want to tell us? Yeah. So, Crime Door is a virtual reality app where you can go in and, like, investigate the crime scene. They do a, like, recreation of it. Yeah. You can go in and walk around the crime scene. It's awesome. It's interesting. You, like, scan a blank space in your house and you can zoom in and it's almost like a, a door frame and you zoom into the door and you can, like, walk around, look around and, yeah. and, yeah. They do have this case on here. I didn't even think about that. I should have looked at that. But it was on the Oxygen documentary, which I recommend you watch. Yeah. If any of you want to. And you can see the transfer scene and everything. I just could get, like, screenshots of yeah. the documentary. Yeah, no, I really like I really like oxygen documentaries, and I really like um, investigation discovery because they get like people that were on the case, you know, the family. Yeah, and they interview her sister in it as well, and she talks, she talks about her mental state, and she's like, my sister loved her life, she was happy, she wasn't suicidal. Yeah, and she even had talked to her sister that night, and she said, "I'll call mom in the morning," because they were trying to plan a birthday party for her dad. Like, I understand that some people, like, lie. They're like, oh, yeah, I'll talk to you later. But she was, like, excited about this party. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'll call mom in the morning. I'm going to wake up at, like... She was going to wake up at, like, 5.30 because she was going to take Jonah breakfast. Yeah, it no, just you doesn't don't... really add up. You don't make plans. Yeah, then... you don't make... You don't... Well, I know everybody's mental state is different, but most people don't make plans. So, the towel in the hallway. Why was her towel in the hallway... Okay, um, that was my question. Was her bedroom that she, you know, that she was staying in, was it connected to a bathroom? It was across the hall from the bathroom. Like my house. So she just decided to drop her towel in the middle Mm -hmm. of the hallway? To me, that says signs of a struggle. 
I was going to say, she got out of the shower and somebody and came And someone up. surprised her. Yeah. And she dropped her towel. Come on. That's why she was bleeding everywhere. She didn't have time. I don't yeah. know about you, but, like, before I get in the shower, I took my tampon out. Sorry. Right. Yeah. Well, you're supposed to. Yeah. It's kind of weird. I don't know. Some people don't. I used to know somebody that would wear their tampon for, like, 12 hours straight, so. Okay, you're going to get fucking TSS, but. Yeah, that says signs of struggle to me. Why oh, would yeah. she just, no, she's just throwing her towel around? She's just making a mess? Right. Why would you do that? Okay, so Paul Holes in the documentary, he said, quote, normally in a scene like this where you find a nude body, you take what they call blind swabs. Okay. Of places where the perpetrator may have touched neck, breasts, inner thigh, none of that was collected. End quote. Not mm-hmm. even, like, on her arm or... No, they didn't take any blind swabs, which is super typical. Like, especially, you're looking at a nude body. That's a sex crime to me. I don't care what yeah. the situation was. I don't care that she was found hanging from the balcony. So they normally take blind swabs, like, neck, because, you know, what happens during a sexual assault. Yeah. So they take swabs of those areas. They didn't collect any swabs. Wrists And then they're like, like, there was only her DNA. Well, you didn't even collect anything. All they took was DNA from the rope? They took, they checked the rope and the knives. But all that can be One dismissed word. with gloves. Gloves. Yep. I was just going to say that. Gloves. On that, Rebecca was found with paint smudges on her, which they're saying, you know, she was painting the note on the door, which we're going to get to in a minute. There was a smudge of black paint on her nipple. Was she using her nipple to write? Right. And it's <laughs> not like she like bumped up against the paint or anything. Any, it was on her nipple and... There was a smudge on her finger that in the documentary they pointed out it had like a pattern that kind of looked like a leather glove. Or if you remember, there was an empty trash bag in the room that everyone thought was random. In the documentary, they talked about how that could have been used as a makeshift glove. If you've ever used Glade trash bags, they have that little pattern on them. Yeah. And it was like that. So if you makeshift glove, but there wasn't any paint that I saw on the trash bag, but there was like a, a print Right. From like a glove, potentially, possibly, on her fingernail. And they didn't collect that either. They took pictures of it, but they said she got it while she was painting. And the the one on her nipple was, multiple investigators had said it was like someone, I'm sorry, pinched her nipples. Now She wasn't doing that herself. Right, like I could write it away as if she is painting, she gets it on her, she brushes her hand, she's naked, all that. Like I could, I could write that away. No. I just think that that's an interesting tidbit. And specifically just on her nipples. Like, it wasn't a smudge across her boob or, like, anywhere else. It was from the porn. Bruh. Bruh. (laughs) Come on here. This is, like, come on. Here's some other tidbits from the documentary. Wait, wait, wait. Uh Uh-huh. Was it just on one nipple or both nipples? One nipple. Okay. (sighs) I know, right? Continue. Right. I just... So here's some other little tidbits. Um... A woman two doors down mm-hmm. claims she heard a woman yelling, help me, help me, around the time Rebecca would have died. And she didn't call the cops? She did call the cops. Oh. And they didn't do shit? Mm-hmm. They didn't follow up. I feel like that's illegal. I feel like <laughs> that's that's illegal. She claimed she heard this around 1130, which was near her time of death. A woman, she said, and she lived right behind. She had her window open and was sitting next to it. And she said, I blatantly heard a woman screaming Help me, help me. Never followed it up. Oh my god. Here's another thing. Adam never reported any screaming. And he was home. Mm-hmm. In the guest house. Adam. Must have had his Bose headphones on. Like, come on, dude. How'd he not hear that? 
out of my I don't fucking believe you. No, I don't. So another thing is a patrol officer named Van Earnhard was interviewed on the documentary. Mm-hmm. He was one of the first officers at Rebecca's scene and a first responder at Max's scene. He said, police got the call and recognized the address and immediately made the conclusion that she committed suicide before even arriving at the scene. They said, oh, oh, we know what this is. Before they had even gotten to the scene, they so got they the call that someone had hanged themselves and they, and they said, oh, we know what this is. I hate when police do that shit. Bias? Like, yeah. I, no, I fucking hate when police do that shit. Yeah. I already know what this is. No, you don't. No, you don't. You haven't even seen the crime scene. So no, they had already don't. made up their minds. So now they're going in there with bias and they're trying to paint the picture they've already decided it is. People like that should not be police officers. Nope. Sorry. Nope. nope. It's like with medicine. You have to go in with an unbiased opinion. Yeah. You're not. They tell you not to look at what other doctors have said. Yeah, what other doctors have said, you can't, you know, give somebody a less quality of care based on race um gender sexual orientation religion you know the regular shit you can't just go and assume things Mm -hmm. yeah Mm. so they walked in there and then they wanted they're gonna paint it the picture that they've already decided Uh uh-huh uh-huh so the note on the door laura petler is a crime scene analyst and forensic criminologist she analyzed text messages and stated that the note is not the way Rebecca wrote. Right. And she's the one that mentioned, like, she wrote it. Why would she write it in third person? Did she talk in third person? Was she one of those weird people? Like, and she said, quote, this is angry. This is black. It's dark. How is this reflective of her? And yeah. Quote. And so here's what the note looks like. It's in big, blocky, all caps letters, like, scrawled on the door. And she's like, how is this reflective of her and she was a painter so she would have done a better job than that yeah that's really sloppy like really sloppy. yeah and it is like angry and dark and why would she write she saved him can you save her why would she write that i if she thought that she saved him why was she suicidal over his death because that was the theory but it, and also he like wasn't he hadn't passed yet. Yeah. No. Nope. Why would she? I mean, I understand she would be upset, but if you think that he's going to survive, why would you be suicidal over right. it? Right. Why would you kill yourself? Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> okay. So last couple tidbits are my personal faults. So I already covered how much rope there was. Right. Which makes which i agree with the theory that a body was lowered down and not dropped yeah which is also consistent with it not being a long drop hanging because you would see no signs. way more damage also underneath the balcony was a table yeah the table next to her body right that process. yeah let me show you another photo where they're actually pointing to it with a red arrow directly underneath the balcony in her way was a table so she drops onto a table and if not how's her body over here Right. It would have hit the table. And in this picture, there's a broken leg from the table. So if she did hit it, it was set back up. Do you see how that's weird? Uh, scroll back up. Okay, so that's like literally directly under the table. How many feet between here and here is there? That's what I'm wondering because I don't know. Because if that's nine to ten feet, then that's Then she would have hit the table. Right. Which I'm thinking, so this is second story. That window's probably, standard windows are what, like four feet tall, maybe? Five feet? I would say it's got to be maybe like a, from the balcony to the ground, maybe like a 10 to 15 foot drop. 
So it was and the really table's close. probably four feet high. Yeah. I feel like she would have hit the table. She would have either hit it or been like this close, Real close to, to it. Real close to it. And it's just, it's just a weird note to me that there's a table directly under that. The leg, who knows? The leg could have been broken whenever. But then if, if she did hit the table, like he set the table back up. How, like the scenario was weird. Mm. I just think that that's like another weird thing. Like she, I, cause I think she would have hit the table. Yeah. If she her had feet dropped or something, you would have noticed something yeah. on her feet. Or would have been like hanging right above the table. Yeah. Nobody checked out that tidbit? No. Cause that's what I would ask him. I would have been like, okay, did, so then did you crawl on top of the table and that's how he cut the rope so high? That's what I was wondering. It seems weird that maybe, like, did they ask him that and we just don't know? Cause I would have asked him that. But, and then she's beside the table. The leg is broken. So he, like, would have had to, like, drag her off the table. And the leg's broken, which I just think is kind of weird. Like, maybe she did hit it, and then he set it back up, which I find weird. I also would find it weird if he climbed on top of it to cut her down. If it was broken. With a thing to cut that's not even outside. And maybe he climbed on top of the table, the leg broke... Meaning the table would be on its side, mm. he would be on the ground, Rebecca would be on the ground. But then he stood it back up. Then he stood the table back up. It's just weird, right? Like, that's just another tidbit I noticed where I was like, that's weird. Yeah. Her official cause of death mm. was ruled hanging. Like, they really are explaining all of this away with suicide. And they, but the thing is, the police won't even address these concerns because it doesn't fit their theory. The police won't respond to what the of course they won't right to what they submitted and it was actually during like while they were filming the documentary the police made that other statement where they um they looked at the case again i'm gonna put that heavy quotes looked at the case again they went over evidence and they just said nope we still think it's a suicide and you know what why because over? the lawsuit that they're gonna go through what evidence did they go over what evidence they, right not nothing that, that they said um which ones did they go over i'm trying to remember they went they basically went over the evidence that supported their theory which was that she was hanging oh wait i forgot to talk about one other thing that i mentioned earlier though there was a t-shirt wrapped around her head and and stuffed into her mouth the sleeves were tied and used to gag her so she did that herself too why would you do that if you're gonna commit suicide why would you do any of that that's a big one Fine, let's let's go with her theory. And she was so distraught, and she she's in the shower, and she has a, one of those shower thoughts, and she's like, "I'm just done," and she does all this, and then she decides to assault herself with a knife, and wrap a t-shirt around her head, and put it in her mouth, and tie up her hands and feet, and, and tie up her hands and feet for what? Yeah, wait a minute. Now she's tying up her hands, blindfolded. I didn't even think about that. Yep. Oh my or god. She could have tied it. And then tied the thing around her, if this crazy theory were right. right. And then put her hands and then whatever. And then felt for it and then felt for the little string to tighten it. I, nope. And then, hold on, how did I not think of this before? And then blindfoldedly hopped to the balcony. I have a whole lot of problems with this. How did I not even think of that? I have so many problems with this case. (laughs) That's just not logistically It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a fucking joke. Like, why do I feel like this is like a riddle? Like, make it make sense. Okay. Since our friend is moving to to Alabama, oh. I have a weird law in her state 
So this is for Sam. There's plenty of them. Uh, it is illegal to wear a fake mustache that causes laughter in church. <laughs> I, I knew that one. I forgot <laughs> about that. What the fuck? Oh, I mean, this one should be like a no-brainer. In Alaska, no one may tie their pet dog to the roof of a car. It, that's like those signs where you look at them. They're like, I don't do this. And you're like, you really had to put a sign up. Like someone did it that they had to make it a rule not to do it. I have a weird Arizona one. Oh my gosh. Okay. It is illegal for men and women over the age of 18 to have less than one missing visible tooth while smiling. This law was Im- implemented during the Wild West days in order to encourage people in the town to make dentistry more of a priority. I love that. That's hilarious. The fucking Wild West. The Wild West. I know some people around here that are breaking that law. Toothless bastards. <laughs> Crackheads. Crackheads. Okay. I'm still mad, but okay. I Those funny laws didn't help. Adam, go fuck yourself. San Diego Sheriff, go fuck yourself. This is right. the end of our episode. So you're pretty convinced that Adam did it? Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I feel like well, I am, too. There's too much to it. Like, you didn't hear it? And, the, and the, they did an interview with that lady who said she heard the screaming. She was very adamant. She's like, I heard it vividly. Yeah. And she was two doors down and behind them, like, catty corner. With her window open. With her like, window open. But, like, she still heard it from that far away. Yeah. And Adam didn't hear it in the guest house. So, we want to do something new where every month we give a shout out to either a local place here in Arizona or a podcast that we really like. Mm. Um, we've already talked about Bad Apple Divas and Give Us Morgue. They're both fantastic. But... Starting off for our first podcast shout out is going to be um, my old coworker and good friend. His name is Braxton. We work Ew. together at Domino's. Um, I'll have to take a picture of my Domino's topper. We worked together for almost like two years. He has a podcast with him and his two friends. Uh, it's called Lawn Chairs and Lemonades. It's very, very funny. They have a kind of twisted sense of humor. I loved it. Their first intro episode is not really about anything in particular, but it's fucking hilarious. What is the podcast about? So the podcast is supposed to be about, you know, movies and TV shows and comic books, video games, like stuff that they're kind of into but they also have like personal stories like they talk about one of his friends also worked at Domino's Uh, he was a manager at another store we worked together a few times but not too frequently they have Domino's stories like they talk about Domino's stories they talk about you know candy that they're eating they talk about their dog taking a shit right in front of them like it's so (laughs) oh my god that's my palate cleanser for next week (laughs) beautiful it's just it's so funny uh go check them out hi braxton and hi friends i shouted out something was wrong listen to all these podcasts listen to all these podcasts go listen to them all right that's our show for this week so talk to you later Bye. bye thank you guys so much for listening if you have any questions or comments you can email us at morbidly intoxicated pod at gmail.com you can also follow us on facebook at morbidly intoxicated podcast you can find us on instagram at morbidly intoxicated pod and you can also follow us on our new twitter page uh at morbidly intox i-n-t-o-x 
Thank you to Kelly Carroll for our amazing artwork. You can follow her on Instagram at artbykelly, Kelly spelt with an I. Big shout out to my friend Taylor Hertz, who did our fantastic theme music. You can find him at his website, spelled T-A-Y-L-O-R-H-E-R-T-Z dot com. And thank you to Javi Romero for our awesome photographs. You can follow him on Instagram at orange underscore Javi, spelled J-A-V-I-E. Again, thank you guys so much. Uh, If you'd like to leave us a review, that would be awesome. It would help us out a lot. Go ahead and share this with your friends. And we'll see you next episode. Bye. Bye.